Welcome to the Apprentice to CEO podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping to take your business idea and growing it into something you can be proud of. As with any job or trade, we start as apprentices, but with hard work and vision, we can grow into CEOs. Each podcast will come with worksheets and other links to valuable resources, so don't forget to check the show notes. I'd also like to thank BCIT and BC Campus for the grant that is making this podcast possible. This podcast and all the worksheets attached carry a CC BY Creative Commons license, so feel free to use as much as you need. Let's get started. In this episode, we'll be looking at business financials. Now, before we really dig into the whole meat of the episode, I want to reiterate something I've said before. It is so very important at this point to make sure if you are starting a business to get yourself a bookkeeper and an accountant. The difference being a bookkeeper will handle your basic day-to-days, your debits and your credits, and an accountant will handle the overall big picture, filing for your income tax, filing your taxes, your your corporation taxes, and looking at write-offs and such. As a business person, you're probably really good at your business, but you might need some help in the finances. And so it's so important to make sure that you have the proper counsel set up for that. Now, that being said, let's get into it. Now, again, there are so many things and aspects and and areas that we could go into when discussing business finances. In fact, there are entire courses and degrees on the topic. We're coming at this from a small business perspective. And at this point, there are three financial statements that you need to be aware of. There's the balance sheet, the income sheet, and a cash flow projection. Now, a balance sheet basically shows assets and liabilities, and then from there, you determine your equity. The balance sheet presents a company's financial position at the end of a specified date. Some describe the balance sheet as a snapshot of the company's financial position at any point in time, at like any moment or any instant. On your balance sheet, you're going to have what's listed as current assets. Current assets are basically consumables. They're used up quickly, usually within a year. Some examples of some current assets might be inventory, office supplies, your operating cash, accounts receivable, meaning money owed to you, those sort of things. Fixed assets are more permanent in value. They won't change value quickly, and they're basically very long-term. Some examples for this might be your vehicles, your tools, your computers, your office space, any land that your company may own. Liabilities. These are basically anything you owe. Current liabilities are things that could be paid off within a year. Fixed liabilities are longer-term debts, say like a mortgage. From there, we need to determine what our owner's equity is, and that's how much investment the owner has in the business. There is a formula for this. So owner's equity is your equity is equal to your assets minus your liabilities. However, we often look at it as the accounting equation, and its assets is equal to equity plus liabilities and it's known as the accounting equation. The next important financial statement would be your income statement. The purpose of the income statement is to report a summary of the company's revenues, expenses, gains, losses, and the resulting net income that occurred during a year, a quarter, or any other period of time. Your ongoing costs and expenses, you need to determine your expense, determine your payment period, amount per period that you're paying, and the annual amount that you pay. Don't forget to research and think about what costs will occur. 
When we are starting businesses, this is a great opportunity to go ahead and make projections. And so we need to do the research to think about the costs that will occur. Missing a cost category can make more of a difference than not estimating the size of the cost correctly. So how would you go ahead estimating future expenses? You should be able to obtain the information on most categories. You should be able to obtain quotations, go to supplier prices mentioned on the internet, go to industry guidebooks. There is a saying, lumpy is beautiful. The lumpy is beautiful approach is this. The overall approach to expenses is lumpy is beautiful. Real financials, the actual financial results of real company operating in a real world, they're very lumpy. Cash in and cash out very month to month. Nothing is averaged. Nothing can be averaged. When you're lumpifying your factors and tips to reflect in your projections, you should assume no breaks, meaning that If you have money going out, you should assume that that money needs to go out right at the beginning of the month. If you have money coming in and owed to you, you should assume that that money is going to take longer to get to you than it probably or hopefully will. You should show a delay in cash in if your business has to extend credits to its customers and be careful to show the impact of lags. You should show a ramp up period. You're definitely not going to start your business on the ground running unless you're very fortunate that way, but it's going to take time to build that up. You should definitely show a seasonality of sales. Some businesses are very busy in the summertime. Some are very busy in the wintertime. Tradespeople, you definitely have waves where depending upon the industry that you're working in, depends on how busy seasons will be meaning that there are going to be slow seasons and you need to account for that. and You need to be aware of that. 100% you need to avoid averaging or using percentages of sales. You need to determine per month what is coming in and per month what is going out. Not determining per year what you figure will be going out and coming in and then dividing that by 12. That is not a good practice. Assume no breaks. This is not a place to be optimistic. Assume that you'll collect money no more quickly than the industry gets paid and assume your suppliers will want to get paid right away unless you're certain that this is not the case. Basically, assume your landlord will want rent up front. Now, how do you estimate future sales? When we discuss the cash flow projection model, it's the most difficult thing to do. There's no scientific or formulaic way to answer the question. Like how, how would I estimate? So there's two broad approaches that are taken. There's the top-down method. From this, top-down means you estimate sales for a new business idea by assuming a total market size number and then projecting the share of the market the new business will obtain. As an example, let's say an estimated market size for an HVAC HVAC services company in the Lower Mainland is $100 million annually. The projected market share for the HVAC business, let's say that you think that you're coming in as conservative at 0.5%, half of a percent. Well, if the market size of HVAC services is overall $100 million annually, and you only want half a percent of $100 million, that's $500,000. Therefore, you've now calculated out that the first year sales estimate for HVAC business is, or the estimate is $500,000. Now, that's not necessarily true. The market size estimates are dubious, especially for smaller service industries. Market share estimates are not linked enough to factors that impact year one sales. They don't take into account things such as capacity, ramp up, or seasonality. Now for a business that is more tried and true, this might be an approach to take, but if you're just getting started in a new business, this is not the take place to take that. You wanna look at the bottom up. Bottom up means how many units do you think you can sell in a year? 
The key assumptions in bottom-up are the projected price per unit of what the new business will sell, the capacity of the new business to sell in the first year, and the distribution methods used to distribute the product in year one. For you in the service industry, you do sell a product, you are selling time. So we're discussing for you who are service industry oriented, you're looking at selling hours as opposed to products. Here's an example. The new business sells plumbing services. So here's some assumptions. A plumber can make $100 an hour and can work eight hours per day. And with weekends and maybe two weeks off, you're looking at 300 business days per year. So if we do the, the estimation there, we discover that we can roughly work out $240,000 annual sales projection based off of the amount of hours worked. Now there's all kinds of holes in the estimate, but it does give us a model to plug in better numbers. It gets us a little bit closer. We're generally, when we looked at our HVAC estimate, we were looking at half a million dollars per year, which is very unrealistic for a new company starting. But with this plumbing services, we're saying, okay, working 300 days a year, eight hours a day, you could make $240,000. However, you need to ask yourself, will you work 300 days per year? And is every day going to be an eight hour day? Things we have to take into account as the paperwork, the proposals that need to go out, the estimates, these are very, very important things that we need to consider when we are considering using the bottom-up method. We've got to look at how we're going to ramp things up and if they ramp down and the seasonality and all of that. So these are all things that you need to consider when you're looking at forming your income statement. In the show notes, there will be some templates out templates down there to figure out exactly how to calculate these things out. And what's what's important about this is all the stuff that we're working out in our balance sheet and our income statement are going to also play out in our next step, which is the cash flow projection. So the cash flow projection basically lets us take a picture of our company for a year and to see month to month to month how things are laying out. In the show notes, there is a walkthrough of a company called Gordon's Grill. So we're looking at a restaurant industry. And from there, what we can determine when we walk through these steps is we can look into figuring out what is called our door opening costs and our working capital requirement costs. Now our door opening costs, let's talk about that. Our door opening costs is how much money is it gonna take to get you to day one to open the business? Do you have to buy some materials? Are you buying renting space? Are you having to do a big marketing campaign? Basically getting to your first day of opening the doors to your business. An often overlooked aspect is the working capital requirement of your business. Now, if you follow through on looking at the PDF that is in the show notes, you'll see that every month is going to have different a different amount of money in and money out. Some months are great, some months not so much. What we typically do with the cash flow projection model is it helps us determine what our worst months are going to be and to start planning for that. And what we can do with a proper researched cash flow projection model is we can take that and we can use it to determine how much working capital requirement, how much money will we have to have in the bank after day one to keep the business running for at least a year, two years, or three years. Typically, most institutions, such as banks, would like to see cash flow projections up to three years. But let's talk about our first year of business. So we go through and we work out what our cash flow projection model looks like, and we've discovered that on our worst month, we owe $5,000. 
Okay, the worst month ever. We're we're in the red for five thousand dollars working through a cash flow projection. Do not panic. That is not a bad thing. In fact, that possibly can show that at least you're doing the the work to find out that that's going to occur. Many businesses are not going to be profitable within their first year. But you know that the business will profit over time with your next year's cash flow projections. You start seeing that you're starting to move more and more into the black and then your money start or your business starts to become profitable. So what we do with that $5,000, if we're trying to determine our working capital requirement, let's say that that happens in March and then we start seeing that, you know, business starts ramping up after March, business ramped up before that with a little bit of a drop, but we've discovered that March is our worst. There's a little formula out there that says if you are trying to start a business that you are familiar with, meaning that you've worked in this industry before, you're you're familiar with the ins and outs of the business, then what you should do is take your worst month from your cash flow projection and add 30% to that. And that's how much money you should have as working capital requirement before you start your business. Because that money will help you weather the bad months. And we say 30% because there's going to be things that come up that you did not account for. Now, if you're starting a business that you're new into the industry or that you've never run a business before, there's a conservative estimate that says you should take that worst month and add 50% to it. So in this case, let's say our business did poorly in the month of March and we looked like we were in the red for $5,000, but then we started coming out of that, but that was our worst month all year. What we would do is we would take 50% and add it on. So we would have $7,500, meaning that when we started the business, we would have $7,500 sitting in the bank account ready to take us through and help us weather through that storm of that bad month. It just, the working capital requirement, again, it's one of those things that a lot of people overlook or a lot of people don't actually take into account, but can actually save your business. The cash flow projection model is a very, very powerful tool that can help you. Now, the research, it's important that you, while you're doing this, you're going to be finding costs that you didn't know about. So researching an opportunity often leads to the discovery of costs that you didn't, you weren't even aware of, such as insurances, membership, seals of approval, regulatory compliance costs. The research, I don't need to say it again and again, but go back to the episode on research and you'll see that that is such an important aspect of all of this. There's costs you might not have thought about, such as your Visa or MasterCard merchant fees, bonding, just the running around costs, like the gas and the estimates and and doing that sort of thing, marketing tactics you didn't think you'd have to use. These are all things that if you're doing the research while working on your cash flow projection model can help out significantly. Now, there's other costs that might occur, such as wage costs as you start to hire part-time help because you start doing the research and you know when you start seeing your sales go up, well, perhaps you're going to need to hire more people. And that's something that people don't take into account and don't put into their cash flow projection. So make sure you're looking at the seasonality. If you start to see that in your cash flow projection, you're starting to sell more hours or sell more products, perhaps you need to hire more people, which you need to add into there as well. Can you be competitive working at zero cost? So costs that are required to make your business competitive. A website, whatever, can you do, run that basically on no cost? Or do you know that in business that you need to have a very decent website, especially if you're going into e-commerce? Now, remember, you're in business not just to exist and do the bare minimum, but you're in business to be competitive. So let's say the cash flow projection says your business idea is going to lose money for the first year. So we obviously assume that's a bad idea. It might be. 
But many new businesses are not profitable in year one. And you may perhaps have targeted a market that has a lengthy buying process. And that's not necessarily a bad thing too. It's just you need to be aware of it and to plan for it. Now, one of the big mistakes that we can make when working on a cash flow projection model is that we assume that the cash in occurs too quickly. We assume that customers buy faster likely than they will or that they pay faster than they likely will. And we need to take that into account. Let's be realistic about that sort of thing. You're not thinking about the when. Not thinking about when on this cash flow projection model, such as the cash in and cash out when it occurs. Fixate on the dollar amount of sales and expenses, but don't think about when the sales occur. That's a mistake. You need to think about the when and whether you're extending credit and that sort of thing as well, which was be, will be discussed in that PDF of Gordon's Grill. Now, you need to push the numbers and use research to put power behind them. It's so very important to understand how your cash flow projection model works, and it is something that is fluid and constantly changing. Focus on the cash in and the cash out, and don't forget the lumpifying factors when you're doing your cash flow projection model. Again, just to repeat from before, your balance statement and your income statement are two actual documents that will help you develop your cash flow projection model. So it is time to sit down, download those worksheets, and if you have a real business that you're planning on working through, start working through exactly what you need to put into your balance sheet as your current assets, your fixed assets, and your liabilities. After that, you need to sit down and work through your income statement to find out the income coming in as well as the payments that you have going out. From there, you take those two documents and you start plugging the numbers into a spreadsheet, which will there will be a link again in the show notes to a Google Sheets spreadsheet on cash flow projection model. You'll have the basic one set up for you, but you need to start crunching the numbers throughout all that. Now, that's all we have for today. As always, make sure you're going to the show notes. Make sure you're checking out the past episodes, specifically about the research. So very important. And we'll see you in the next episode.